I think just being a female, a woman, just being a part of the society, it's really easy to understand and believe that others determine your worth. It's really easy to believe that them over there determines my worth, not me, not within myself. I don't claim it. I don't choose it. I don't own it. Them over there determines my worth. Hey loves, my name is Dantea and I'm your fave self-worth therapist and coach. And this is my show, Situationship. This show is about getting out of toxic situationships that go beyond partners to family and friends and everything in between to living a life of joy and self-worth. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, all my special people today. Hope you're having a great day, wherever this finds you. So today's episode is very special. I already kind of feel emotional, honestly, getting ready to talk about this. I felt like we have spent so much time together talking about like situationships and dating and how to show up as your best self and how to get your needs met and how to ask for what you want and how to not self-silence and how to really like build and grow and like really channel your worth right and i realized i haven't taken the time to share my actual journey of self-worth like how i've gotten to this place how how do i feel so confident and so bold and saying like i know i can help you with this i know i can help you really claim your worth really show up authentically really live like live a life where you're proud and you're and you're living a life boldly you don't care what people say and you're and through all this you're getting your needs met right through all this you're setting boundaries through all this you're experiencing unconditional love like what makes me be able to say these things and really trust in what i do right? How do my clients get these great results? Of course, I've gotten my master's and I know how to uh, understand like problems and solutions in the way of how everything's connected and get you out of that and all those things, right? I understand that. I think more importantly though, what makes me really great at what I do is because what I've been through. I joke a lot with my clients and I say, yay. And when they're like, oh my gosh, you're so good. Or today's session was great and blah, 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 right? And I say that. I'm like, I'm so happy that my trauma could help you, right? And a lot of us experience trauma. If not, if not every single person, a lot of us experience trauma. And what is really important when it comes to experiencing trauma is what we do with it. And I chose to not sit and play around in my trauma. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get healthy. I gotta start my healing. So today I'm gonna share a story with you of my self-worth journey. All right. Let's get started. So I feel like my self-worth journey started when I was really young. I feel it had a lot to do with my growing up, like my mother's, my sister's. You know, I didn't really have a father figure in my life. So um, there were, my mom was married at one point. I thought that was my father. And then when I found out he wasn't, I was sad that I met my real dad. He was much older than I expected. And my mom got married again, had a baby. So he still wasn't really my dad. And as I gotten older, I reconnected with my mom's first husband. Then he was on some other stuff like mentally. And so we haven't spoken for years. We haven't spoken since, oh man, what year was that? 2012. 
we haven't spoken. That's all. Hmm, makes me sad. I love that man. Then he just did something really shady to me. Child was like, mm, no thanks. Right? So I didn't really have a father growing up. There were people, but nothing, no one that I could really claim and no one that really claimed me. So I felt like a lot of myself really started as, you know, that I was a kid, I was experiencing things in a certain way. I felt like, um, I felt like I kind of quickly got this idea, like in order for me to receive love, in order for me to receive attention or some kind of kindness, um, there's something that I need to be doing. There's something, there's something that I'm not doing because I'm not getting that love, attention, and kindness consistently. So whatever I'm doing is not getting me what I want. And as I was growing up, I mean, elementary school too, like is where you make friends, right? Middle school and everything like that. As I was growing up, it wasn't just with family where these kind of, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong for not to get the attention or, or what am I doing wrong? Why is, why is that guy that was my dad, why is he not calling me? Thinking that I had me, a child, had to change something that I was doing, right? And in, in school, I was never that cool kid. I was never, I was never the cool girl. Uh, people knew me, but I wasn't like, the A crowd, I was like a solid, probably B minus crowd, solid B. <laughs> um, I wasn't the cool girl or I would experience times where my mom would be upset with me because I didn't do X, Y, or Z or that my sisters were frustrated with me and no one really knew how to express to me, like, I'm not upset with you, Dantea. It's something that happened earlier or or um, it's it's not you, or it hurt me when you did that, right? There wasn't there wasn't a lot of that, and so it was just a lot of like blame, blame, blame. Like the blame was being passed, or it was my fault, or was someone else's fault, whatever. But there was no like accountability. It was just a lot of confusion. So also, I think just being a female, a woman just being a part of this society, it's really easy to understand and believe that others determine your worth. It's really easy to believe that them over there determines my worth. Not me, not within myself. I don't claim it. I don't choose it. I don't own it. Them over there determines my worth. So meaning if others, them over there, if others choose you for the team, like dodgeball team or whatever, and others choose to invite you to a sleepover, if others say you're beautiful, this and that, then we believe that's where our worth comes from. The judgment of others, right? Hopefully that's making sense. So me, along with many of us, I definitely fell into that trap of other people determine my worth. I didn't get invited to a sleepover because I'm not cool enough, which means I have no friends, which means I got to do better, which means I need new clothes, which means I need to dress like this or talk like this or say this or like that band, even though I don't really like that band. It's so common. It's so easy to fall into that trap because you're supposed to make friends, right? You're supposed to like your friends at that. Your friends will like you back in return, right? So what if your friends don't like you? Does that mean you must change yourself? That's what it meant in my mind, 100%. And I wish and I wish that was like just in elementary school for me, but no baby, this mindset continued for majority of my life. Majority of my life that I was telling myself that I had to change myself in order to have friends and have certain kind of friends, right? And have those friends, keep those friends. 
So I think through the years of that kind of mindset, these kind of experiences, and as I got older into like middle school and high school, um, you know, I was coming across different kind of adults, healthier adults, I would say. I was coming across mentors who maybe said like, you know, those those girls over there are those people you call your friends or whatever. They don't seem like they're really nice to you. And for me hearing this, I just took it as, well, this is this is kind of what I'm used to. So and this is what everyone else does. So obviously I must it must be the right thing to do. Like you're supposed to have tips with your friends. You're supposed to not be sure if they really like you. you're supposed to think like, are they talking about me behind my back? You're supposed to feel like you're not being invited to things. You're supposed to um, insert yourself and buy their affection and do all the things they say to do for their birthday because that's what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to feel exhausting. So of course, this mindset followed me through middle school, high school. And when I liked boys and these boys didn't like me back, I would look to see what the other girls are doing or I would go off with a guy who I wanted to like me or I wanted him to keep me around. I would go off what he told me he'd like to see on women, right? So one guy told me that I should have worn high heels. This was like in college. I should have worn high heels because at that time I was wearing a lot of Converse sneakers. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. I guess you could because he told me I should wear high heels and I took it to heart. Uh, he told me I should have I should dress up more when I come over to see him. And I believe that I needed to dress up more and that I should always have my legs shaved. And just all these things to get the approval of men. That was my life. That was my life. That was my focal point. That was my mission. It actually makes me really sad right now talking about this because like, dang, I was so sad. I was so sad. But if you look back at those pictures of me, you see someone who is smiling, who is happy. But through it all, I was desperate for love, attention, affection. I was desperate for someone to tell me like, you're doing a good job. I was desperate for my mom to love me the way I wanted her to love me and stop feeling like I was the parent to her, stop feeling like I had to deal with her tantrums. And I just had to keep changing myself. And then that's when she'll love me the way I deserve to be loved, the way I wanted to be loved, the way I uh, envisioned her loving me. And it wasn't like, buy me a Mercedes, get me a house, right? It was just like, hey, let's go have lunch together, my treat, or we'll pay for ourselves or whatever, and not like pay for me. And I, and I get it. Time, sometimes times are tough. However, I just wanted quality time with her. I wanted the conversations to have room for me too. I wanted her to hug me. I wanted her to check me say, I just want to say, I love you. You're doing great. Miss you. You know, I want, that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted for my mom, you know, and, and accountability when needed. So going back, this idea of changing who I was for men, for my mom, my siblings, whatever, right? This also happened in my friendships too. My friendships would, they would end, right? And a lot of time in very explosive ways, mainly because of miscommunication or me feeling hurt and, and, and them and myself, no one's apologizing for what happened. So after many years of that, I started to actually open up 
and talk to people about how I was feeling. Like I was, I had long-term friendships that kind of like barely hung on by a thread because we all knew each other from middle school, you know, then I was making new friends and they would, and they would fizzle out, they would burn out. And I just didn't understand like what, what is happening or, or we would get into a big fight and we wouldn't speak for like months. Like that kind of stuff kept happening. And I just got really, really sad about it because my middle school friends were not where I was living. We were miles apart. I needed a new support group, right? So when I got really tired of that and got, I would say more so curious about that, I reached out to staff members at my college campus. So I spoke to people who were kind of like mentors or maybe they're like an adjunct like to the counseling center, just basically someone that I could talk to and express myself and kind of vent and, and, and take a load off for myself and just have honest conversations. So I remember I was on probation during my freshman year at Spelman College. And I was on probation because I came from, well, my best friend and I, um, who's on the show in season one, uh, we came from this high school that overall, their students didn't perform well. However, her and I were in this, I don't even know what you would call it, but basically we were in Star Academy. And Star Academy meant that every student in there was on the honor roll. These were students that were making A's and B's, right? So I didn't know, I didn't know that the school I came from had this kind of reputation. All I knew was that I'm getting, I'm being told that I'm going to be on probation for the first year. So I could only take 12 credits per semester, which I think was like, I think that's like four classes, right? That's like four classes per semester, which actually, thank God, because if I would have jumped in there and taken five or six classes, I probably would have been overwhelmed. <laughs> Who knows? So I would speak to my probation academic advisor all the time, and she was really helpful. She really helped me to see that my relationship with my mother is causing a lot of pain. Other things too. However, that would, that would come up a lot. She would also help me see that I'm spending time with men. I'm trying to force them to fit into this idea I had for them. So let me back up for a second. This probation academic advisor, once the freshman year was done and I got off probation, I still spoke to her like every year. I spoke to her up till my last week of college. Like I, her and I were still very much um, still seeing each other. So she would, I would tell her about like my boyfriend at the time or whatever, talk about what's happening, my confusion, my sadness, whatever. And she would literally ask me like, is it him? Or is it the desire that you're trying to fit him, fit him into? And she was, she was right. I was trying to make this guy that I was dating to be my future husband. In my fantasy mind, you meet your husband in college and then you get married soon after and you live your best lives together. That's just what it's supposed to be. So I forced this idea that we were going to be together. We were going to get married and he was in, and all, all the while he was giving me no signs that he wanted that with me, but I just stayed in it. I stayed in a relationship with him and I kept getting hurt, kept getting confused and just so sad, just feeling so worthless and unhappy. Right. Because in my mind, you're supposed to meet your husband in college. I met you in college. You're supposed to be my husband. We have to make this work. Why is this working? Oh, you know, the whole thing. Just so focused on that. I was constantly, oof, 
I was constantly that friend during this time in my life, right? And I mean like all this whole time in my life, middle school, high school, college, so on. I was constantly that friend that talked about relationship pains every day, any option, I mean, any opportunity, any moment. I talked about relationship pains 90% of the time when I was talking with my friends day after day, year after year. I just, you know, talking about it now makes me really want to pause and just like truly think, thank you to all my friends, my Spelman sisters, high school friends, friends back home, my coworkers, all of you. I just want to say thank you for giving me that space, for holding, for holding that space for me and not telling me to shut up about it. Not one person ever since that time has told me to like, shut up, stop talking about it. Now they said it in different ways. They're like, you know, just let it go. <laughs> you know, things like that. Maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't like you, you know, the way you like him. I mean, they said things like that, but they never told me to shut up. And never told me to stop talking about it in like in a really rude, aggressive way. I just want to say I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so back to my self-worth journey story. So there came a point where I just got so tired of feeling like I'm not enough for anybody, for anybody. Getting frustrated and feeling angry and feeling really resentful. I got tired of that because then as I was feeling all this anger and resentment, then I became this angry person on the inside. Okay, because still on the outside, smiling, hee hee ha, oh, it's happening, oh my god, huh, whatever. On the inside, I'm livid, I'm angry. And when when I would um, get close to someone or someone would get closer to me, I would start putting up these really thick walls because I because I knew based off experiences and I just knew the future, right? Like I don't, but because of what I had been through, I knew they were gonna treat me like everyone else. I knew that they're going to make me feel like I'm not good enough. And so I'll, I would start to self-sabotage. And when you're in that space, you don't know what's good. You don't know what's bad. And you don't know what's wrong. You don't know what's right. You're just like, I got to fucking protect myself. That's the only focus. So now, this part of the story that I'm talking about. Now, this is when I'm in my master's program where I'm really trying to figure it out. I'm seeing that I'm struggling. I'm seeing that I'm still comparing myself to others, my classmates, because they're getting different experiences. They're getting different opportunities. They're getting better grades, right? Maybe they're smarter than me. Maybe they have more friends. Uh, I don't know why I'm not understanding certain certain content or certain things. Uh, you know, I just I just keep trying to be this cool person, this fun and happy and perfect all the time and bubbly and poppy and it's still not getting me anywhere all right so because my mind is like oh people like to be around me when i'm happy and, and fun and a good time and so don't bring any complaints don't do any of that just just act like you have it all together right even if even if this person could help you don't let that on because then you won't be that happy person. They won't want to be around. Then they won't want to be around you, right? So, still during my master's program, about was that a year into it? Yeah, about a year into my master's program, I met an older gentleman, an older gentleman caller, and I mean older. He wasn't a caller. Like <laughs> he's a professional person. <laughs> that sounds sexual. But I met this man, 
And he was older than me. And I mean like older, like 30 plus years, my senior, right? I actually, I think he was like 35, 37 years older than me. I need to actually like really think about those numbers, but let's just say 35 to 37 years older than me. Feel free to guess. The point is it was a big age jump, right? And there I was 23 years old and this man was maybe like 59 or 60 at that time, right? So I was dealing with him from like 2013 until, well, I don't know, who knows? Let's, let's just say probably till like for sure until 2016, because that's when it kind of all, dang, till 2016, that's only three, woof, woof. A lot happened in three years. My goodness. I'm just now seeing that. Gosh, I mean, that whole relationship, that can be a, like a fucking book, truly. That was only three years. Wow. Okay, let's move on. So, uh, so we, our whole kind of dating, whatever thing ended in 2016. And, and this is when it all kind of came to a halt for me. But then, you know, there's, there's um, when you're in a relationship for that long, that intense, all the things that happen in that relationship, they're still like checking in. They're still like, are we going to restart? Are we still, are we getting back together? Is this really over? Blah, blah, blah. But a few years of that, and then it was really nothing. Like today, it is nothing. So during that time, though, I really started to be pushed up against these feelings of this is not what I want. I'm tired of this kind of relationship dynamic, this push and pull, this control, this silencing self-silencing, empty promises, same conversation, just a lot of, God, oh, I have so many pictures of myself from that time in my life where I was just crying. I would take pictures of myself right after we had a conversation of me in tears to like show him like how he made me feel. And if he knows I'm really sad, he'll change his ways, right? No, it didn't work. So during that time in my life, I started to use my voice even more. I started to express myself even more. I started to allow myself to get frustrated even more. I think I was really starting to break out of that self-silencing for so many years. That this this breaking free thing started to happen when I dated other people too. So during the 2013 to 2016 time, him and I weren't actually officially in a committed relationship. So I would date other people. And this thing was still happening for me where I would like allow myself to get frustrated and I would speak up on things. I would, I would address things. I would, I would say things, not like in the moment, but I was definitely starting to break out of that, like that, that barrier I have for myself, which brings me to my most recent partner, him and I, I would say we had a decent relationship. There, there was respect. There was kindness. You know, there was maybe love. We said it, but you know, I don't know about that anywhere. I don't know if it was like really love. Let's put let's call it that, right? But this is someone that I pined after for years. This is someone I met in graduate school. And for the moment I met him, I quickly felt like him and I need to be together. I don't know how, don't know when, but I just feel like him and I, you know, we should be together. And with him, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. And I think I, we finally, so we finally got together in 2016 and we tried to make it work. However, he was also another person who didn't really have the same values. I think we just hoped that they would kind of mesh together. So when they didn't, we had to separate our, we had to like, you know, we ended the relationship. Just, it just wasn't going to work. So our relationship ended because I 100% decided that I didn't want to have children ever in my life. I didn't want to give birth. 
I didn't want to adopt. I didn't want to be a caregiver. I didn't want to be a parent. I didn't want any of that. And he did. So we ended for that reason. And that was the main reason. However, of course, like there were other things happening in the relationship that probably would have gotten the same result. That was just the biggest thing for us. Because again, like I said, I was very angry during that time of my life. So when things happen, I had a big reaction and I just felt like, God, I'm just, I'm not, I need to, I need to understand like where this is coming. Cause it's not coming from him. Right. But I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of anger from past relationships and a lot of anger towards him. I was just so tired of not getting my needs met. So exhausted by, it. I was feeling like, dang, now this relationship with him is over. I'm not good enough for him. That's why he left. Like, that's why he didn't choose me. He didn't choose me over having a child. That's how I spun it. Because you, you know, you watch TV shows and movies and, and you're like, oh, you know, I'd rather I choose you than having a child or I don't want to lose you. So let's not have children. I'm like, okay, he's going to say the same thing to me. And he didn't. And I was really hurt by that. I told myself for months, if I wanted children, then we would have been together. And then I would have been enough for him. But I'm not enough because he didn't choose me over over his own desires to have children, right? Not that we aren't a good fit for each other. Totally missing that, that idea, right? I was only focusing on the easiest target. Oh gosh, I was I was such in a different headspace then. Like, ugh. oh, I need somebody to hold hold younger Dante. Like that was that was a lot. I was I was just so so focused on it's because I don't want children. That's why. And, and and I should, and I hate that I'm like this. I hate that I don't want to have kids and maybe I just should have a kid. And I started to really understand how, how women find themselves having a child to keep the relationship going. I, I totally see it. I totally understood that. But I was like, no, I know. I, I know I don't want kids. I know I don't want kids. So over the next like three years after him and I had broken up, I decided, you know, I had to change this narrative, like officially. I had to change this narrative I was having. I have to be confident in myself. I have to ask for what I want. I have to stand in that boldly and proudly and show up authentically me. During this transition and this leveling up that I was experiencing now, I was knocking off friendships. Some of them ended on their own. There are family members who were rude, who were so mean to me. They were so disrespectful to me. I had to really cut ties. It was it was hurtful. However, I knew I had to do it. I, I had a lot of awful things that happened to me during those years that I would definitely share about sometime in the future. But right now, I will say during that time, I realized a lot of my toxic spaces were coming from my relationships that I held really close, like held on to for a long time. So I had to say goodbye to friends. I had to say goodbye to at least two family members during that time. And you know what happened after that? I started to feel lighter. I started to only allow people in my life who were going to support me, who would allow me to support them, who were vulnerable, who were open and honest, who was willing to work towards that willing to work towards a healthier dynamic where we open up and we share things and we're there for each other and we take accountability. And now, currently, my circle is much smaller. And it's great because I have people pouring into me in a healthy, loving way, like an unconditional loving way, right? Because I went to mentors 
and a bonus mom figure in my life, I have, I have truly felt like I've been lifted up. And because of that, I was able to really start to take in what they said about me, what they saw in me, the positivity and compare that against my own feelings, my own negative self-talk. Like, yes, I am a good person. I am kind. Yeah, I can be mean. However, that's not an option for me. I don't like to be mean. Truly, I think I hate the way it makes me feel. I hate the way my body, my spirit feels when I'm being mean. And a lot of it comes from, I know what it's like to be treated so badly by people who are supposed to love you and protect you. And like, why would I want to do that to anyone else? There has to be another way. So I really had to take time to love on myself. And here's what it looked like. I was being confident in what I wanted, not settling for anything less. And if I wanted something that was less than what I really deserved long-term, I would allow myself some time to play there, right? Just stay a little bit longer. I know it's not for everything, but you know, hey, this is fine for now. I know it's not gonna be long-term and I'm okay with that. I would get out of hookups. I would get out of friends with benefits. I would stop hanging out with guys I knew wasn't going to go anywhere. Like the relationship wasn't going to take off to anything. So after that, I started working with a coach. And then after that ended, I got a therapist, worked with her for a better part of a year. And I left her because I moved and I wanted someone else. And I got another therapist and I was with her for a year. So every week, every week for a whole year. It was really, it was really helpful. It was that, mm, that's not strong enough. <laughs> it was more than helpful. It was actually like life-changing, truly. It was life-changing. It was a thing that I really needed. It was a thing that I really needed for me to see in order for me to have more self-worth. What I learned through all of that, what I learned through these professionals that were helping me, what I learned through like my bonus mom and uh, their mentors who stepped in and like wanted to love on me, I learned that I need to decrease a lot of toxicity in my life. There was so much of it. By my own doing, you know, like my own toxic ways and people that I meet that are also toxic and we make toxic stew together, right? Secondly, I need to listen to what I need. Truly get deep and dig in there. Like what does Dantea want, right? And at that time, I knew that I no longer wanted to live in Carrollton, Georgia. Hell no. I no longer wanted to make less than $30 an hour. When I was in Carrollton, I was getting paid... $19 an hour and I have a fucking master's degree. $19 an hour. It's crazy. I no longer wanted to feel like money was so tight. Like I didn't really have any money for groceries at that job. It was it was a really it was a really hard time in my life. I no longer wanted to be dealing with exes who continue to show me the same results, you know, like there are many things that happen that I just got really tired of. Even my even my ex, who we said we loved each other, even he would still come back. I would still come back, right? Like for some time. And it was like, this is not gonna go anywhere. You still want kids and I don't. It's still been a journey, right? I've, it's, I've still been on my self-worth journey. However, I will say when I check with myself first, when I'm honest about what I need, when I'm showing up more vulnerably, with myself and others, when I'm not settling for less, when I'm recognizing toxic traits before they even truly come into crossings with me, 
when I can kind of sense like what kind of person this is or I ask myself how this person makes me feel when I'm around them, I check that. And I ask myself, do you want to spend your time and energy here? What would that do to my sense of self-worth if I stayed, if I kept engaging, if I kept meeting up? So at the end of the day, I had to really take the time to tell myself, you are worth everything you desire. I had to really look back at my track record and ask myself, did I go after what I wanted? Looking back at my life, did I really go after all the things that I wanted? And the answer was, yeah, for the most part, right? Like, even if it left me feeling bruised and abused, I had to tell myself I'm tired of living in the shadows. I'm tired of being silent. I'm going to continue to step into this world just being me, being me. And those who are attracted to me, my authentic self, those are my people. But I'm not going to change myself from someone else's comfort. I'm not going to change myself in hopes that they choose me. And when I get into those traps, I come back here. I check with myself like, okay, you're self-silencing. Is that what you want to do? I ask myself, what do we need to do for ourselves? I say to myself, I know I'm awesome. I know I'm great. I know there are many people that can confirm that. Not just one, many. I know that I like to travel and I will do that. I know that I like nice things and I will buy those things. I know I like lots of rest and that's okay. Some may call it lazy, I call it rest. And that's okay. And I know what I sound like and I understand a lot of people feel like the way I sound should not be coming out of my mouth because of the way that I look. And I love, I love, love, love the way I sound. Even how I sound right now when I feel like I'm so thirsty. <laughs> These are the ways that I have gotten to this place of feeling really confident in who I am. And being that girl that's dancing in grocery aisles, that's me. I'm not thinking about what other people are thinking of me, about me, watching me. This is my life. This is my story. And this is my self-worth. This is my life. This is my story. And this is my self-worth. And so I'm cheersing to you to take the authenticity challenge to release it within yourself. And think about how you want to continue to increase what's important to you and be confident and live boldly and show up authentically in this world. Okay? You got this. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! Thank you for listening to the show, loves. This show was produced by Mackenzie Mazell and me, Dantea. If you got a question you'd like me to answer, which I know you do, please send it to Dantea at soireesintherapy.com. That's S-O-I-R-E-E-S for soirees. When you do that, the answer might just become an episode and I would love to keep talking about your question. Want to work with me? The link is in the show notes. I'll see you there and I'll see you in the next episode. Okay.